This is a podcast from Rover. Good morning. Welcome into part two of Rex Rural Exchange. Uh, heard, of course, today FM across the country and on podcast. You can listen back anytime you like. Uh, well, of course, uh, it's the farming and rural show that brings together all corners of the country. Bridges that urban-rural divide, not forgetting the rural-rural divide that, uh, Bex, we did establish in 2022 does uh, have its presence, doesn't it, to be perfectly honest, without, you know, without sort of... Yeah, and no, I think that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We uh, we can talk more about that fully and at length, and no doubt we will in 2023 as well. All the thanks to Carter's Tyres, the agricultural tyre specialist. Visit carterstyres.co.nz or call 0800 uh, for Carters. Right, the Environmental Defence Society is called for a formal commission of inquiry into forestry practices after the devastation on the East Coast. Of course, we talked to Manu Kati earlier on there in regard to what has happened in that uh, beautiful part of the world. The Chief Executive uh, of the Environmental Defence Society is Gary Taylor, joins us now. Uh, greetings, Gary. I trust you've uh, summoned okay and perhaps better than some of those who've uh, been through some, some ugly experiences up there on the East Coast in particular. Yeah, pretty wet, but not uh, not that wet. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Gary, the thing about this is 2018, 2020, I mean, it's a, it's a repeating occurrence, um, completely unacceptable. And, um, you know, at some stage, you just sort of think, why do these people have to be sort of on the, on the end of this? You know, you know, they're just, they're just, they're just put at the bottom of a ruck and kick the living daylights kicked out of them every second year, it seems. I mean, are you proposing or do you think there's got to be legal consequences at some point? Well, I think there will be legal consequences. There were last time, there were five prosecutions, uh, successful prosecutions of companies involved, and uh, the court was quite, uh, you know, critical of the attitudes and the lack of responsibility and the cavalier sort of approach that they took to their environmental responsibilities. And you've got to think, you've got to say, you know, you look at those communities and uh, the the impact of slash. Um, going downstream and inundating properties, the impact of sediment in the coastal marine area, basically, you know, killing off the the benthic environment. And, you know, it's just got to stop. We can't carry on like this. It's Groundhog Day. So, Gary, I'm interested when you say that there have been some successful prosecutions or, you know, a number of them from previous events. What sort of consequences were there? Like, is it enough to deter these companies would they is it serious enough um, a penalty that that it would stop them from doing it again or is it a bit of a slap on the wrist well the penalties sort of range from a couple of hundred to three or four hundred thousand from memory so it's not an insubstantial amount of money uh, by normal people's uh, standards but you know you could if you wanted to take a cynical view you'd say that it's just the cost of doing business for them and and they you know, write it into their balance sheet and, and, and carry on. So I think what's needed here is we need to step back and have a have a fresh look at um, at the standards and the rules that apply to uh, forestry, to exotic plantation forestry and to clear felling in particular. Um, what's happened on the East Coast, of course, is the worst possible scenario or outcome but it's being replicated elsewhere around the country to a lesser extent, but still with, you know, bad environmental consequences. I had a farmer call me 
just after I put out that uh, press release, a farmer from the East Coast. He was a guy who um, who was a fourth generation farmer. He had a um, he had a woodlot on his property, but upstream from him was a Roger Dickey uh, plantation forest that's due to be clear felled in the next four to five years. And he was deeply worried, you know, about what might happen uh, if that clear felling coincided with another one of these extreme storm events. Mm. Yeah, well, you would be if you were sitting below it, wouldn't you? Um, (laughs) Gary, you guys are hoping for a commission of inquiry, and what would you like to see included in that inquiry, and what are you hoping would come out of that? We've done a little bit further uh, research into this since the original statement. Um, What we've got now in New Zealand is a thing called the Inquiries Act 2013. And in that, there's a category of inquiry called a public inquiry, which the Law Commission, in fact, recommended, and is specifically designed to look at policy failings uh, across government. And I think that that's, you know, tailor-made, as it were, for for the situation we've got here where we've got Teuru Rako, you know, sitting there in the Ministry for Primary Industries, essentially overseeing forestry. Um, it's got a review of the National Environmental Standards for plantation forestry underway at the moment, but that's just limited to looking at permanent carbon forests. It's not reviewing the environmental standards and limits surrounding clear felling. And that's where I think we need to target. And, and you know, because uh, Te Ururaco, New Zealand Forest Service, has been the oversight entity, it's kind of sat on its hands and let this happen. That's why I think we need an independent uh, expert inquiry to come in and have a look and, and look at a bit of a reset for the sector because, you know, forestry isn't going away. It's an important part of our economy. But these guys really do need to be dragged kicking and screaming into the 21st century, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and they haven't been because, as, 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 as Beck said and you raised, Gary, when you, when you talk about, you know, fines of sort of even if it was $300,000 and the overall scheme of the size of these operations, that's, uh, that's the proverbial pee in the ocean. Um, are we talking, we're, talking, we're talking about right across the board, aren't we, right across the country, not just the East Coast, because there's potential for devastation in other areas if these practices continue. Yes, and we saw quite a bit of that um, in, in Nelson Marlborough, yes. Tasman. Um, we're in fact looking at some legal proceedings relating to permitted activity status for clear felling in Marlborough at the moment. Uh, we think that, um, well, in fact, we think that the National Environmental Standard is, is ultra vires, the RMA, and needs to be fixed. But that's a sort of a narrow legal point, I suppose. But I, I do think that the whole approach of allowing clear felling when the rest of the world is moving to coop harvesting or continuous cover forestry to you know, ameliorate uh, environmental effects, um, you know, that's, that's where we need to be thinking and heading uh, in, in this country. It seems to me that it's about, and Manu sort of said the same thing, it's about balancing, you know, forestry isn't going to go away and we're not, you're not saying no more forestry, but it's about balancing um, what, 
what forestry is, is able to do and what those permitted activities are so that it can kind of coexist alongside people in the communities and and to also to mitigate those negative environmental um, impacts so there are things like you've just alluded to um, that we could be doing differently and it seems to me that this is really what this whole thing is about it's about trying to find a better um, balance to have forestry but to to be able to not um, destroy our communities and our environment along the way. That's right and and I think um, you know it's worth remembering that uh the, the the biggest forestry companies in New Zealand are offshore owned, um, yeah. and and you know I'm not going to get into the into the ideological this? discussion around that. But mm. if they are offshore owned, um, you know they're a step removed from accountability. Yes. Um, when the control is actually in in Canada or or, or the US or Malaysia, as is the case with Insol One. Mm. Mm. Yeah, um, Gary. Just you mentioned those uh, other sort of more progressive um, harvesting technology. What, what sort of some of the things that we practices that we could look at putting in place that would sort of move us away, move us away from the, the the sort of the slash that we have now? Well, I think um, you know it's interesting to compare how the environmental reforms, which I, I know you talk about a lot on your program impact farmers versus foresters. Mm. Um, Farmers are going to be required to prepare farm environment plans in in the near future that will show how they're going to mitigate environmental effects from the farming operation. There doesn't seem to be any such obligation on foresters and I think that would be a good place to start a mandatory uh, forest environment plan that sets out how the forest is going to be, or where it's going to be planted, assesses whether uh, that's a suitable place for planting, uh, you know, a, a, a plantation forest, and then looks at how it's going to be managed through its various life cycles and, you know, the successive um, harvesting methods. I mean, some years ago now, I I did a little forestry sort of um, study tour in Europe and looked at uh, operations in Finland where, you know, continuous cover forestry is is the norm and has been for decades. Um, and, and I just think that, you know, it, yes, it will be more costly, but at the moment those costs are being borne by, you know, downstream communities, uh, by, by the environment, by the coastal marine area, by wetlands and estuaries. And it's time that those costs were actually sheeted home to the to the forest companies. <clears throat> yeah, there we go. That is Gary Taylor, Environmental Defence Society CEO, with some very strong thoughts on there on what needs to be done to avoid these uh, the re- the repeats of what we talked about in 2018 and 2020 on the east coast and right across the country, as Gary said, in the Nelson and the the Marlborough uh, regions as well. You are listening to Rex Rural Exchange. You'll be listening on the radio on Today FM or on the podcast as well. Listen back anytime you like. And these interviews, of course, uh, our various contributors, you can pick those up individually uh, on the podcast as well. We're here with Carter's Tyres. 
a treat true from Carter's Tyres, an innovative real-time tyre management system. Save up to 30% on every tyre in your fleet. Carterstyres.co.nz 0800 4 Carters. Next up, we talk to Professor Hugh Campbell, Otago University Professor of Sociology, specialising in food, agriculture and in environment. We'll get his thoughts uh, on the... Uh, which we probably haven't spoken about as much as I thought we might, on the resignation of the Prime Minister, Hugh Campbell, next on Rex.